This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. And good day, everybody. All right. Uh, we're back, fresh off a red-hot round of rep footy. Uh, the, the main game itself ended up being a bit of a one-sided contest in the second half. Uh, we may as well start there. Uh, I don't think anybody expected the blowout that we got in the second half after what was a really close and really open first half, really. But, uh, yeah, that's what we got in the end, Mitch. What happened? Well, I mean, the, the first half was close on the scoreboard. And a lot of people said to me they felt like the game was close. I mean, Queensland were ahead, obviously. But I thought it was like we were against the wall. Like we were getting hammered, but we just did more with the ball. And, you know, the first half of that game, they had 11 minutes of possession, Queensland did. You know, and they somehow had less in the second half. But that's what it was. It's the tale of that. Like they had no possession. And then... You know, some, I saw some people say when it happened that that, Dame, that Felice Cafusi Simbin was at a good time to get Simbin. And it's like, are you stupid? Like, because what it did, obviously, is that we all know the same old, the old saying, it's never a worse time to concede a try than right before halftime. But obviously, he got Simbin so late before halftime that essentially their first 10 minutes of the second half was ruined as well. It's not like if you got mm. Simbin in like the 35th minute, whatever, but he got Simbin right on at halftime. They conceded, so it didn't even stop them from conceding. So the conceding that would mean maybe okay. Then they started the second half, and they got absolutely pounded from the second half onwards. But that's that was huge. That 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 moment. I'm not saying and he deserved to be Simbin. Like I like there was no warning, and there was like four or five infringements in five minutes, and he's was taking the piss. He was just holding uh, Junior Barlow down. Yeah, but like from then on, the Queensland were fucked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got I've got some numbers as I always do, but that was like it's not the least meters, you know, in origin ever, because there's obviously some really bad games there. And there's like the blues when they got done, I think it's game three, 2015 by Queensland, they barely had possession or meters. Hmm. But it's like outside the top two hundred of meters made in an origin game. And there's only been two hundred and fifty or right. like, 125 <laughs> origins and there's you know, two hundred and fifty outcomes essentially. And obviously meterage and yardage. People didn't give a shit 20 plus years ago. So that's how you know how bad it was. At all time, it's like outside top 200 meters made by Queensland. Um, they missed 56 uh, tackles, which is the fourth most missed since 2004. And true shock, like no game 50 more missed tackles is a win bar Queensland 2019 game one. Um, there's only been nine origins, as I said, since 2000 with less meters. And they're about the same, all around about a thousand meters made. Uh, what else have I got? I got a few things, but. It was just absolute dominant. And then the game was, I don't give a shit about the score at the end, mate. Like it's the same thing, like 2000, yeah. 2020 game series. Sorry. In uh, the game till 2020, Queensland also got pounded. But like the game was decided by the Jerome Luai try in the 58th minute. Yeah. Any point from there, I didn't care about. Yeah. I, I never buy into that stuff. Hey. And I actually was heartened by, I actually heard the like nine coverage talking about it last night. On one of those TV shows, but like, yeah, they basically said that once Luai and Cleary got those tries, the Queenslanders had one eye on Suncorp, which I think is fair enough. Yeah, like, I don't think I think after that, I think the Luai try ended it because of how pathetic it was. Yeah, um, it's really but bad. like, I don't care about anything that happened after that. Really, we'll talk about it, but I really don't care 
like at all. Well, and and it's not that like you can't bounce back from this stuff. Like we've no. seen a different sport, but you know, our friend Steve mentioned on Discord that like the Warriors lost a you know playoff game by fifty in Memphis. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's it's, it's like it yeah. It's like when Nick Curios is down four love in a set and he stops trying until the end of the set. It's like that doesn't mean he's going to lose the next set six nil. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, obviously there's so many things like Blues' yardage was exceptional. They made no mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had you know sixty percent possession to forty percent possession. They you know they they back three set them in the two games. These both these two games. It's been both records. Game one and game two. The most meters by a back three in Origin. They set their record in game one, and they broke it again in this game. Queensland's back three sucked. Queensland's back three made mistakes. But it's one of those things, mate. Like, everyone, I saw all the individual performance analysis after the game, and it's like, yeah, every blue was obviously good, and every maroon was bad. Like, I don't know how much you can read into a lot of them, but I, I do think there are a lot of people who are talking about the highs and talking about the lows, as always, have gone too far on both sides of that spectrum. The people talking about how good some of the blues, some of the blues play, and it's like, God, just... Miss me with that bullshit, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, James Tedesco was brilliant. Uh, Nathan Cleary had a very good game. I, I would stop short of saying he had one of the greatest halfback performances in Origin history. I think that was a little bit over the top from some people. It was ridiculous. Um, I've got <laughs> notes on that as well. We'll talk about that. Yeah, okay, good. Have you got a 23-tweet thread with circles and poorly drawn lines explaining why it wasn't a very... People need to sort of give that guy air. <laughs> yeah, they do. But um, yeah, Tedesco was awesome. He was involved in everything good that happened. Um. And yeah, uh, look, I'm not going to we're not going to fall into the trap of saying that Jake Tewoich was like amazing, but he played well. And yes. this is a, and look, I know we're a bunch of cynical pricks, both the people who, who host this show and the people who listen to it for the most part. But you know, sometimes there's just a nice story where a guy that everyone takes the piss out of proves them wrong and plays well, and you're happy for him. And it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And that's what it happened. doesn't. It does. But I also think some of that. So I thought he was good, right? Uh, the first Queensland try is a lot of his fault. It's like a piggyback penalty, and then he gives a quick play of the ball for Pat Carrigan and allows what happens. Kavusi does score for forward-ish pass, but you know he wasn't that great. But I think a lot of the analysis of him has come after people saw the stats at the end of the game, and I hate that. Like, yeah, a lot well, of people weren't talking about him. And then all of a sudden, they looked at the stat sheet, and then it was like, oh my god! But like, and as I mentioned earlier about the stuff, I don't care about what happened off the sixtieth minute mark. Guess who had 50 plus meters after the 60th minute? I'm going to guess from the context of this conversation, yeah. it's Jake Tavoyevich. Correct. It's Jake Tavoyevich. What a shock. And guess who? Isaiah Yo touched the ball once after that. But that's it though. So he, you know, made his 100 plus meters and worked his guts out in the first 60. The game was over. He disappeared. And you know who didn't touch the ball after that time? Matt Burton didn't touch the ball in the final 20 of that game. Yeah. Uh, and I don't give he, a shit. He was the best player yeah. on the field for mine. He was my man of the match. Um, yeah. If I was Everything doing a three, happened yeah. when the game wasn't aligned. I mean, look, I'm happy for people to get a little bit carried away, even to give. You know, I had some people giving like Jake Turbo like the one of the three, two, one. I think that's fine. I think he was one of their yeah. better players. I think he, he played was. well. I think that the clear best three players were Cleary, Burton, and Tedesco in some order. I think Cleary is probably the third best, and then I think I agree. Tedesco and Burton were by a mile the two best players on the field. I, I but you know, other people can have other opinions, but. Yeah, um, I, I guess it, it's great because people freaked out about all the changes Brad Fittler made, but they, and sometimes they don't work, but in this case, they all worked. I mean, Appy played the first 25 minutes, soaked up whatever pressure Queensland had, and then Cook came on and they just rolled. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't, I can't imagine that they would have been any less well off without, with, with Coruscant on there instead of Cook, but I did enjoy 
yucking it up by pointing out that the boys were plus 32 with Cook on the field mm. and minus four without him, which was nice. Um, I was happy for him to come on and, uh, and play well as well. But yeah, you're, you're right. There's no blue you can point out in this game and say they didn't play well. And yeah. yet, sometimes you just have these games where one team's just clearly better than the other. So mm. hey, that's it. And, uh, and Queensland just couldn't get their game started, honestly. Like, that's the thing. In the first half, they did score points and looked okay when they had the ball, but they had some possession, essentially. They didn't, and they had big, big swathes without it, though, throughout the whole game. Like, there's some periods there they didn't touch the ball for five or six minutes yeah. on end. And, you know, just with the way they were getting hammered, it never, never helps. But, I, you know, I also think we're, also, like, we're getting, as we always do, too much credit and too much discredit for both. We're giving Freddie so much credit all of a sudden. Mm. Like, as if his couple of changes meant they'd go out there and not drop the ball. Queensland would give away lots of penalties and reset restarts in the first half. And Queensland's back, they would drop the ball. That's... Yeah. The changes made all those things happen, apparently, which they just didn't. And the Cleary stuff, I'll get there, but, like, it wasn't that good, okay? It wasn't a special performance. He was good. He was one of the best three on the field, I'll give you that. It wasn't a special origin halfback performance. It just wasn't. And I don't care how many – it's just like when last year people were trying to tell me when Tommy was killing it when he scored a couple of hit-up tries. Same thing in this game. I'm sorry, but I'm not just blown – I'm not blown away in awe – that he scored two tries where three Queenslanders lost their feet. <laughs> and he did put a great kick in for Burton's first try. Credit on that one, you know? But I, I, I don't get it. But we've gone really far on, on that analysis. We always do post these games. And now all of a sudden, Freddie got everything. has every, got to be the best ever. Everything's a masterstroke yeah. or a complete failure. Like Freddie got everything right, including like, okay, like Talakai usage was exactly what, what we thought it would be before the game. No plan, no one gets hurt, and you come on for the last 15 and do nothing. And apparently that's part of him getting everything right, for example. Yeah. No, he didn't get everything right, you know? Like, Liam Martin, still meh, for example. Whatever. But, you know, everything right when they win. What he did get right, obviously, is Matt Burton in there after, for some reason, he wasn't a contender for game one. He made a massive difference, and he didn't... He only kicked the ball five or six times. I think it was five times, but, like, Massive difference having a second kicking option. Yep. And obviously that big bomb we put up was great, but whatever. But a lot of the second kicking option was, was was huge for them. They did have a few more guys put kicks in. Like Luai put one in that was terrible. <laughs> so, Brian Toto kicked the ball once as well, but Luai's kick was bad. I don't think he Luai. played well, but he scored that try. So he'll keep his hoop. Luai. Uh, Luai, yeah, he didn't. But he took took advantage of Nanai and that, that was it. And they're not going to drop him, you know. No. But I, I really do think that game was... Really, the first half, you know, in, at halftime, they go in. Queensland have not played better, and they're in, but they're in the game, you know, that they're, they're yeah. only down by two at halftime. But that game was really won in that period after halftime, in my opinion, by the, the Blues back threes efforts in the possession and territory game. And that, in that 10 minutes just after halftime, where in the to and fro, the Blues were starting all their sets at, our, at their 40. You know, or a bit further up the field, and some of that was like Tedesco twice in that that period. He made a hundred and was a hundred and three meters, or whatever, in, in that period just after halftime between between halftime and Luai's try that uh, did Tedesco. So that's a lot in that little period. Uh, but he had a couple of times there in that period on tackle one. They put an okay kick in, and he stretched from the right side of the field where he received it. He went left, went upfield, and then would feed. He fed fed To'o both times. And then on the back of that play, they were both times he went down the short side. And all of a sudden from a kick that landed within, you know, the Blues 20, tackle two, the Blues were over the halfway. 
Mm. Like that's where the Blues are winning this game because what they were doing, they never turned their forward pack didn't have to turn around, mate. They just got the standstill up over halfway. Teddy got the ball up there, and then they went from there. They started kept winning possession battle because the Blues kicking game wasn't particularly great, but they started putting. Queens were under pressure, fatigued, and they started putting bombs up that were okay, and the and Queensland cracked under that pressure. It wasn't like it was a fantastic kicking game, but they were kicking for the right positions. And yeah. the other times in that little period too, there's two other times where Queensland did have good sets. And on tackle four, James Tedesco goes from dummy half and makes it like 20 meters both times. Those are the little runs that no one gave a fuck about. That's where Queen the Blues won that game. And they were winning that second half possession battle. And then eventually Queensland cracked from being in their half for so long. And once they cracked, the the floodgates opened. And yeah. Billy got Billy got it wrong in that second half. We're talking about rotations and how we credit, you know, we gave him all credit in game one. I thought he got it first half. This game was getting it right. Got it wrong in the second half, in my opinion, when he was if we had the ball we'll be okay, but he responded to this the size of the blues in the second half by going really small. And it's yeah. like, Billy, we haven't got the ball, mate. Like you're throwing lemmings at Junior Baller. <laughs> you throw in like Harry, like you know, they sub Grant and uh Hunt again, but there was a period in that second half, I believe, when they had the middle had Capewell, Grant, and Hunt in it. Yeah, it's when a bit small. Steamrolled. It's a bit under steamrolled. Yeah, like you're getting steamrolled, you can't have that. And they, they got that, but you know, that last 20 minutes, the game kind of just got away from Queensland and it, and it rolled from there. But I think it was really one in that period there with even Tupo, Tedesco, and Toto, their yardage. And then eventually, once they got over, they just pounded Queensland. And yes, like Junior was good as well in this game, better in this game, better because he played longer minutes, I, I think, as well. He was good off the bench. But I don't think the Blues were as infallible as people were making him out to be. They just got on top of a game and took advantage of being on top. Yeah. And, and, blew it and away. sometimes that's just what happens. It is what happens. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, yeah, so Queensland couldn't get possession of the ball. Didn't, most of their own fault, penalties, errors, set restarts. But that happens sometimes. Games get away from you. Yeah. And look, it's been done to death. But I mean, I I just it it does annoy me a lot when a game is decided by this many points and the discourse afterwards is still about the refereeing. But it was heartening for me to at least hear a few people in the media, not not Gus and Fatty on the night, but a few people in the fallout, like Paul Gallon, Matt King, a few other people like which I mean, obviously they're biased towards the Blues, but like that's a Simbin and. For me, mm-hmm. Felice is probably the the goat at the moment in the NRL of doing bullshit in the ruck. He's the best at it. When you watch the storm, he does it every fucking play mm-hmm. of every week. He's so good at it, and gets away with it. And in this, in, in that, in that last two minutes before he got sinbinned, there's a six again. They were offside pretty much every tackle. They got called for two more. Was it two more six against for offside as well? After that, yeah. Uh, and then an escort penalty. And Daly Cherevan's only defense when the binning happened was that the penalties were all for different things. Yeah, and that there, and on, that there on, wasn't on a review, warning. Yeah, initially I thought that Escott penalty was a two thousand percent a penalty. I was like, yeah. "What are you doing, value?" So on I. review, yeah, on review, I actually don't think it's that. It's really there you go. All the ones we see, because he was definitely staring at Tupo. He was for too long, but he did give the ball a fair look and put his hands in the air. We see so many worse than that. Mm. But uh, it, as you said, it, it's a lot of infringements in a small period. I think they got that call right. It just. It's one of those ones people hate it in origin or yeah. all that kind of garbage. We should be able to cheat because it's origin. We should be able to cheat because it's origin. It's, it's like, it, it's so bad because like the, the defense, again, the, the only other defense people offered was, oh, he he didn't get given a warning. It's like, 
What? So you think that in every game there should be a finite amount of cheating that you are allowed to do? But people do no believe punishment. that, though. People they believe do. That. It's in- yeah, I'm. I'm oh, in the opinion there should never have to be a warning. No, fuck though. I hate the warning because they stop the game and warn on oh, fellas the next one. It's like the team with the ball don't want to stop and say the fellas the next one. Yeah. Players should just know going into a game, and especially they, they know. Obviously, they want the warning as well. But you've given away four, four, is it four or five infringements in like a four-minute period, you know. And and Felice's, as you said, mate, was as cynical as they come, and you know that, and and that's on them though. That's on Queensland. That's why he got simbined, you know. And it's whatever. Like before, like before that happened, I thought if I hang on here, they can go on a half time, and they can go mm. on and win this game. Obviously, that happens. They concede. And I thought it was pretty much game gone from then. And they hung on for the entire period. Felice is off the field, but you can't wind back the, the kilometers on the clock. No. So, yeah, he came back on and then a two-post scores his. And then you've got the Luai's about seven minutes later. And Luai's try, I mean, there's, there's, there's why I wasn't prone I in the side. I mean, I, I really like his talent. Good young Queensland player who has, you know, the uniqueest ability for any almost all the forwards in the competition. His his way he chases kicks and the aerial ability, but that's why I don't think he's ready for Origin yet. Is because he's had these games in NRL football this year where he has makes mistakes or he has holes in his game or he's had these halves where he's been really poor, and the likelihood of his biggest strength being used in Origin is near zero. You know, if, if for a bench player, yeah, the, right, the like those attacking kicks that he's so good at getting on the end of, like they're not going to come up very often. Well, he's not playing 80 minutes, right? He's yeah, only playing well, 25. Too. So he would have been great if he came on for the blues at the end, you know, yeah, but would, what's would the have point? Some shit. Yeah. What's the point of having a player on the bench? That's the, what you want. The best outcome for him is coming on when your team's already winning, you know, like yeah, on top a, a, a human victory cigar. <laughs> yeah. And then he can maybe catch a kick and put it down. Like, I think he's got great potential, but that was, he, he was, on the field for like seven minutes the, and that was lazy. The funniest ass. part was no one really criticized him for it either. Like if David Feeder had People done that, could, it would have been Gagai. It, if David Feeder had done that tackle, it would have been like front page news the next day. Like Gagai was a little lazy, right? He should have covered the gap a bit more, but Nanai is fresh on the field. Yeah. There's this huge gap in, inside him and he does, he just shows Luai this go ahead. Go ahead, mate. All yours. And then we're blaming Gagai, Gagai was bad as well, but in the whole game, mm. he said Nanai. If that was a feeder, all we wouldn't hear about. We're talking about it still today, mate. But no one cares. Yeah. It was Nanai. But I'd hope that's. There's only a couple of changes I want Queensland to do, and that's one of them. I'd love to see uh, for feeder. He's named this week, so I'd have a feeder back in for Nanai in game three. Because yeah, I just you'd have think to think it's a it's yeah. a chance of happening at least. And they really, obviously, they really missed Ruben Collar. But Matt, I was really disappointed in, in Jai Arrow's efforts as well. Like he just didn't, didn't play. Didn't play physical off the bench. He came again. He came on when the game was still on the balance, and he was a bit of a speed bump, mate. And you know, came on game in the balance wasn't very good and didn't play very long. But you know, I went back and reviewed it and made sure I wasn't just seeing, seeing things. And I watched every bit of contact contact he was in, and he got steamrolled. So he wasn't great either. And I think they yeah. might have got they got the Lindsay Collins starting thing wrong as well. I think, but hopefully they have t- uh, Cotter back. Just yeah, he yeah. would have made a big difference. I think. Yeah, and I was wrong that he Harry Grant Hunt and Caper wasn't a middle. Grant came on for Capewell. But that's another thing I didn't like about uh, Slater's mm. rotations is that if his plan was to use Nanai at the end, why was his plan to use Nanai and then take Capewell off and then move move Kafusi? That's a Freddy change. Yeah. <laughs> moving moving half the team around. But didn't like that. But uh 
But yeah, it was a you know obviously a great win from the Blues, but I just don't think we're getting enough credit to me in the right areas. Which I think like guys like Tedesco and Burton, how we stopped like Burton is getting credit, but like that was one of the great Blues debuts. And we're yeah, talking was, about Cleary and, and Tavoyevich. Awesome. And Tedesco's got that level. Like, I think he's the best origin fullback of all time. I said that last year. And I think mm. he's the same now. People just seem to see more games until I can, until I can agree with that. But he's going to break a lot of origin records. Probably not the tries because that's still uh, that's still like 10 tries away. But he's going to end up, when he finishes origin career, probably with the most meters, you know, most tackle breaks, most line breaks, all that kind of jazz. And then maybe we'll, we'll be allowed to say that. But currently, I say that, and it's you know people still oh I can't be he's got to be someone else. I think he is, and I think he's just got zero credit after that game because he didn't do yeah. anything. He did nothing flashy, but he was fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 one of those ones, right? It's the same thing. You sort of get this with LeBron, or you get it with like sort of certain players in other sports where you just mm-hmm. if you say they're the best, you get this knee jerk reaction from people. Just go, oh no, well, they can't be. But then. Hmm. You, they can't offer an alternative. Uh, obviously, you're going to say Billy Slater, right? Obviously. Yeah. And Billy definitely had some fantastic origins. Billy had some bad origins. Find me a bad Tedesco origin. I can't. Yeah. Probably because like, I'm not an encyclopedia, but yeah, no, like, but I'll, still, just, I'll take your word for it. I'm sure Nick Campton <laughs> and Harry Ramage are going to both send me a message tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> about, about the bad Tedesco origin I've missed. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I yeah. he's there. Uh, how are you? So, what what changes would you be making for? No. So, just the for feeder and for Nanai. Now, before we do changes, let's talk about Cleary a bit. That that okay. over ridiculous bit of it. One thing I, I I can't stand, like I really can't get my head around how how often Joey when he talks about halves, Andrew Johns, when he talks about oh when I was twenty seven, twenty nine, that's when it really clicked for me. I can't get my head around how he can still say that. Comparing to every other half, and just still doesn't get that. Like that was your experience, Andrew. That was your experience, and that's what you think through your lens. But the reality is, mate, you were still the best halfback in the competition, or one of the two best, and still really special before it clicked for you in your head. You think it clicked at 27, 28, 29, but you were already gutting the competition at twenty one, twenty two. You know that might be what he thinks, and no doubt every half does mature, and the game may slow down for them. But he seems to put this weird caveat on every path he likes. He put it on Cleary too. He's like, mate, can you believe Cleary had a game like this now? Because it didn't click for me till I was 28. It's weird. And it's just wrong. Because, you know, Joey in his first Origin series in 1995 didn't really stand up and only played the first two games. You know, but this guy, he says, took it for, took, says it took him forever. It was probably the best player on the field in game two, 1996, you know, and one of the Blues' best players through three, all three of those games in a, a series the Blues whitewashed Queensland in. It was close games, but they won all three of them. And if you go back and watch those games, you'll hear in game two, game three, you'll hear Sterlo, Blocker Roach, those guys going, Jesus, how good is this kid? Like, he has improved so much since last year. He's been, if not the Blues' best, one of the best. You know, you hear that the whole series. And in game two that year, and I know he had Hooker on his back, and I don't like to joke about that, but he played seven that series. And in game two that year, he had a try assist, a line break assist, two line breaks, 10 runs and 100 metres playing seven. But he turned up when Queen, they were up, I think they're up six or so, 20 minutes to go. And there's this one set he turns up for. 
and he's not he's a he's the most junior half on the field. You know, they've got uh Tuvi, they've got Fitler, they've got Daly, you know, they've got heaps, they've got talent everywhere, they've got Brasher at fullback, they've got Mullins on a wing. But this one set just just after they've at the 50th minute mark, he gets the ball on every single tackle, every tackle of the game of that set. He takes them far right, he takes them back to the left, and then on like third or fourth, he goes down a short side on the right hand side to Edenhausen puts ET away and ET somehow gets stopped like a meter short of the try line by um, Dell. And I forget the fullback and immediately on the back of that play, Joey's back there first receiver and hits one of those. So it's on the right-hand side, hits one of those massive hooking bombs all the way to the other side of the field and lands it in the end goal on Brett Mullins, hands, like on the other sideline, they score. The game is over. He just won the origin series for them. Essentially. That's things he did at 22. Nathan Cleary is not Andrew Johns. Shut your own mouth, Joey. (laughs) It does my head in. Like, I understand that things click for him later. I get that. But Nathan Cleary might be the best. He is the best halfback in the NRL. He's the best week-to-week player in the NRL. I'm watching the same games as all of you are. And if someone honestly watched that game on Wednesday and believes the performance they saw from Nathan Cleary was a special as a number of Joey performances in origin, as a number of Langer games in origin, as a number of Lockyers, Dailies, Fittlers, Cronks, Thurstons, GI, Smiths. Then all power to you, but I don't fucking see it. <laughs> okay. Like I get that he's at the best, like he's the best halfback in the comp, right? He is. But he hasn't got like a 10 to the game breaking ability of like a Cam Munster, let alone some of those other guys. I agree with that. And that's fine. You can be the best, but the things like whatever, there's those two runs he takes versus everything scores in this game. And after the game, you're hearing it's one of the most special origin games from a halfback. No, it isn't. And it doesn't have to be. It can just be he played well. We're, we're, we're allergic to doing that, aren't we? It, it did. Oh, mate, I was losing it the next day because I, I was watching this game and I was like, fuck, how, whole game, like, Jesus Christ, Tedesco is killing us. He's killing us. And even after his last run, a good run in that one I mentioned, that period, you know, Andrew Johns goes, Jesus, Tedesco's, every- we sure there's not two Tedesco's out there. He's been so good. And then the game finishes and no one said a word about him. It's like, oh, should he just like got in first receiver and run over and scored? And then we would have said he had a great game. That's what we needed to say. This happens. Yes. That's to say that. Did my head in, mate. And like, Cleary, great kicking game. Wasn't as good in this origin, but you know, really good defensive player. One of the best defensive halves. Joey was like that too, fair enough. Good at steering his team around. Or very active on ball player, but like he hasn't got half, you know, he wouldn't be in the top 10 running halves in the comp and that's okay. But also find me an origin, find me the one good clean long ball he's thrown. Are you telling me he's special like that? Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. Maybe it'll, maybe it will come when he's 28. But God, like, I don't know. I can't I never get my head around that Bungard. I really can't. Like, yeah. He's clearly is way more Cooper Cronk than he is Andrew Johns, Thurston, Lockyer, Fitler, Daly. Yep, I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't. I mean, there's just guys that, you know, when they play well, they get 10 times the amount of praise that a guy who plays at the same level would otherwise get. They really, just, they that's really just how want Cleary to be special. They really want him to be the well, Blues. I think he, he, is he, he is special. He is special. Yeah, there's, there's different levels of you saying. Look, I'm talking about like those real, real, that, that echelon he's being put in. Yeah. And like, 
you know, I think Cooper Cronk is, again, one of the best halfbacks I've ever seen, but I don't think he's the caliber of footballer that Thurston, Lockyer, Smith, Inglis, those guys were. I think that's entirely fair. Yeah, and I think Cleary's probably on that Cronk path that he'll get better and better and better because he'll work away, work away, and work away at it. But, like, you know, I don't know if anyone... And they happen more than NRL, but I don't see those moments in Origin where you see, like, there's nothing's happening in Cleary... See something, you know, step, step, bang, he's gone. That hasn't mm-hmm. happened. Or, you know, Cleary throws a 30-meter umbrella pass to someone we didn't see from anyone else, all that kind of stuff. Like, quite often in this – and before he scored that try, quite often he stagnated their attack, and he has in many origin series, and he's really struggled with the speed. And yeah. that's okay. He's, you know, he's good enough that he'll get better with it. But then you get told, like, you watch the origin game, and the whole first half, people are like, where the hell's Cleary? You know, and then – Second half, he scores those two tries, and now uh, here he's one of the best performances ever. Just do, just spare me. Yeah, no, entirely fair. I think. All right. Uh, so yeah, for Queensland, what do they need to change for game three? Well, they haven't got many options of what they can change. I mean, like Pong is under, under pressure now from from fans, and I agree that his defense was terrible in this game. But he has had his hands on most of the good things Queensland have done in this series with the ball. And obviously, if they're going to win a game, <laughs> win Origin, not going to be def- they don't want to be defending for sixty percent of it. So, obviously, there's no question on him, and there's no one challenging him really. Walsh is only a guy, but he'll be fit. Uh, I'm not sure. Like Cobo and Talangi, Cobo had a mare in this game. Talangi also wouldn't have his best game, but I'm not sure if they're going to do anything there. You know, maybe you play Oates one of them, but it's not like Oates is, comes in and, and he's mistake free either. Like that's he, he, the game those two guys had is in. Corey Oates' range of outcomes as well that he drops a bomb he shouldn't so yeah. the main thing I, I, I pray for Ruben Cotter to come back maybe that happens I don't know if it mm. does but Cotter back in and then the only thing I'd really change other than that is for feeder in for Nanai they haven't really got anything else to change like Cotter in for Arrow hopefully and then for feeder in for Nanai that's all that's all really I'd like to see maybe Oates in for Cobo or Talangi but I don't think they're going to drop Talangi after one game or Cobo after that either I wouldn't have thought so, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll yeah, see we will. what happens. I mean, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Kafusi was good despite that. He was good in the first 35 minutes of that game. <laughs> he was having his first like good origin. These last two. So I don't want to change. I don't think there's any other changes really needed. Um, it's interesting that how much Billy Slater clearly doesn't like Josh Papali though. Yeah, it's weird. His rotation, that's been his usage has been one of the strangest things in this series for me so far. Oh, he for me, like when he put back on when he subbed um at the 51st minute, he subbed uh Harry Grant back in for Ben Hunt. Sorry, Hunt back in for ha- Grant, and then he subbed uh Arrow out for Nanai. One of those had to be for me for Pali on the field. Hmm. And that, because at that period, that's when uh, Junior Baolo was really rolling down the field and killing us. And he did go off just after that. But I thought they had, they could afford it to have gone bigger and more physical. And they, and they didn't. But it just looks like if that's what he really thinks of Papali, I'm not sure he's, he plays Origin Beyond next year. You know, if he's still signing for Queensland next year, because obviously Queensland are missing Christian Welch this game. Yeah. In this series. And if he's only playing Papali, like, honestly, 15 to 25 minutes. Khalid doesn't got a big rap on him. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a it real tough sure one. Yeah. And 
you know, obviously I'm not a DCA guy. That change is not going to happen either. No, they won't. So, but they're not going to do anything. And Gaga, Origin Gagai is well and truly over. Yep. Looks like he was South's Gagai all along. That's it. Well, this, this, you, you obviously conceded that like fucking 10 weeks ago, but I did. two funny March narratives in the NRL were that Gagai okay. was a bigger loss than him. And Gagai was also one of the signs of the season. And the other funny one was Matt Burton's not that good, actually. Remember that? I Did that happen? Yeah, people were saying that because he went to the, he went to the Bulldogs and they kind of sucked. It's like, oh, it's just funny how how quickly these things become a topic then go away. Uh, Gagai is having his first bad Origin series. They have no one to drop him for, but he's been terrible. Uh, but yeah, he'll play the next game. But they they haven't got any other 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 centers. It's like Val Holmes becomes one, so Gagai becomes what he what he's been this series too. People really think that Burton wasn't good. People are idiots, mate. Remember, remember, he filled in one game last year for Penrith, the first game for the. And people are like, oh, oh yeah, when half their the guy team we're talking about half their team wasn't playing. Yeah, we're just looking for that stuff all the time. It's just like we're looking to overrate them all the time. We're looking to do the other, the reverse all the time. Yeah, and okay. Matt Burton has oscillated from million dollar half to not that good every second or third week. Fantastic, and he'll obviously get paid from from who like, if he's off contract. With his, he didn't take his player options. He was getting paid by someone, Bulldogs or someone else next, what next year for twenty twenty four and beyond. Uh, the Blues won't change. What will they change? They'll change what Latrell maybe, and Whiten maybe, maybe. Yeah, I uh, uh, don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, I think Latrell might big not question. play game three. Well, like it, it depends. How, I reckon it really depends on how he plays now. You know, because yeah, Burton was awesome. I think Whiten will come back in Vitalikai at least. But I don't know. Like Whiten was really good in center in game one. Maybe he goes right center. Maybe Latrell goes right center for Crichton. Crichton didn't do anything wrong or anything great in, the, in this game. But I don't know. They don't usually like changing winners, do they? So I don't think much would really change. No. Uh, but like my, my counterpoint to that is that Latrell Mitchell is one of the best players in the world. Oh, dude, and- I'm not... If I'm picking, a I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're in. denigrating yeah. him. I'm saying that like, I don't think that. I know people go, oh, you don't change a winning side, but Jack White was the best player in their team in game one, and Latrell Mitchell is when they're all playing at their best, their best player. So, I don't know how you leave both of those guys out. I think that the solution is White and takes either Talakai or Coruscant's spot, and mm. Latrell comes back in for Crichton, who I don't think has really done a whole lot in these two games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And Talakai, I think, like I said before, I thought before Origin this game, he was going to be a 15-minute player, and that was his own Origin career. So I think he's going to be back out. But it's, And I agree with you that I'd put Latrell straight back in. I'm just not sure Freddie would do that. And Freddie, it's not like he hasn't dropped Latrell in the past either. You know, It's true. People forget about like He's that. done that. Like He did drop Latrell. And I know he commented about it uh, after, what was it? Did he say today? It's something about, oh, is Latrell a selector now or something? And then he said he looks forward to watching him this week. Not much, not, nothing really interesting, but somebody showed him one of the trolls Instagram posts. Always yeah, the, well, the troll yeah. himself said just give it to Birdo, right? So the jersey number. He wants the other jersey yep. number. Yeah. <laughs> what a nice yeah. point. But yeah, the, and again, like, obviously, like I actually think with how little they go right, I think the trolls are pretty good selection at right center for, for Queensland. Uh, sorry, for the Blues, because we all know that, you know, he's a guy that can have a six carry game which isn't the best thing ever, but we know he can impact games doing that, you know, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they, if they chucked him on at right center and they only went right like once and he set a try up, you know, it's the same kind of logic when they picked Katoni there, who obviously didn't 
to grab that opportunity with two hands, but I wouldn't be shocked by that. But I, I think Burton played too well. Like in, it's weird that you said White and Burton have been their almost their best two players in their yeah. in the two games at left center. But Burton really gave them another option. And I know some whack jobs on the internet are putting Burton six, White and that's center, not going to happen. Center. There is like zero. Like White had to be hurt. Sorry, Lua has to be hurt. Sorry for that happening. It won't happen. Like below zero chance. Uh, and I don't know, like Apisai, Coruscant, and Damian Cooksey, they'll keep doing, obviously. Yeah, I think so. I think it worked well. Yeah, I mean, that, I, mean I, I got that right. Like, I was wondering if you've got to follow Harry Grant. That's what he did get right. I, you know, we agree with that, that Cook played the most minutes. Yeah, which I'm not surprised by at all. Yeah, and they got that right. And then Queensland got it wrong with the uh, original sub I liked, and then they went small and stayed small. Didn't love that. But whatever. The, like I said, the last 20-odd minutes really doesn't matter. And that's when a lot of guys racked up some good numbers and others had already done their work who I thought had better fixtures. Mm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we move on to rep round? Sure. Yep. Sure, sure. glad we're getting rid of this. Uh, um, yeah, look. It's a, just, three years it's gone for or something as well? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, for. it sounds right. Three or four. Um, yeah, I think that's a ridiculous decision. There's not much we can do about it, though. Um, uh, it's, it's a bit sad. I mean, I really enjoyed these games. I'll, I guess we'll start mm. from three o'clock and move onwards. So Tonga, New Zealand, uh, Tonga, New Zealand, um, Kiwis too strong. They might win the World Cup, Mitchell. They were really, really good in this game. Yeah, we'd, we'd spoken about that, you know, even before the teams got named it. The Kiwis are going to have a sneaky good World Cup side. And then we saw them name their team. And yeah, they have got a sneaky good World Cup side. You know, Jerry Manu, 401 meters, which... Isn't an all-time record across all levels, but it's close. What is the couple, record? I can't remember exactly, but I know I looked it up and like someone's beaten it, so I just stopped caring. Oh. <laughs> but I think so. Another international, someone's got more than four hundred meters somewhere. Um, but he's up there. But yeah, the the Kiwi started. I mean, first game at home, and you know how long. Awesome atmosphere. The Tongan flags in the city before that game. Awesome, but the Kiwi started absolutely on fire. And obviously the game wasn't over in seven minutes, but it felt like it was with how good it they did. started. Yeah. A, a little moment of hope when they scored their one try, which ended up being their only try of the game. But yeah, I mean, I thought New Zealand left a lot of points on the field as well. They could have won by a lot more than they did. 100%. Um, yeah, their halves were just so impressive. Jerome Hughes was brilliant. Um, yeah, I think that's been their biggest drawback in the past is that like aside from like Benji Marshall they've had to deal with guys like Thomas Lulai, Nathan Fien etc as being like their playmakers but they are not hamstrung by that this time they've got yeah, legitimate they've always had really shocking options in the, in the spine too yeah not this time though yeah I mean it's been pretty rare that they've had like they've always had one or two really good spine players but it's always, it's been rare to have four you know they can take the field with and that's what you said, mate. Like they haven't had to throw Thomas Lulawai in at whatever position he would fill in, seven, six, or nine, if depending who was injured. Like they have Brandon Smith, uh, they have Jerome, Dylan Brown, Marnock fullback. And then, yeah, if they have to, they have a few backups like Kieran Foran who could do a job for them in a test. You know, maybe even they're desperate, they maybe call Sean Johnson. Like they have actual options now. Whereas like in the past, if Isaac Luke missed a game, and I don't know what they do if Brandon Smith missed now, but if Isaac Luke missed a game, they'd be like, Okay, which one of you has ever played hooker? They'd be, they'd be, like Elijah Taylor played hooker for them. Uh, Jerome Rapati had played hooker for New Zealand at some point. A lot of players who aren't spine players have played in the spine for New Zealand. It's a good 
good uh, lot now, and it goes on the back of like probably the best pack in the in the world of rugby league. Yeah, I mean, Fisher Harris is on his day as good as any forward in the world right now. Um, yeah, yeah, they well. were fantastic. Yeah, oh man, he's been sensational um, this whole year, um, and he was great again. Uh, any positives for Tonga at all? I mean, it, they were just really on the back foot the whole time. I, I guess if you're trying to glean any positives is that they didn't lose by more, which, you know, is a bit patronizing. I don't really want to die on that hill, but yeah, that they, they were well, well beaten. I thought. Yeah. I mean, one one of the main takeaways from this weekend for mine, for those international fixtures is just the difference having someone who actually plays in the halves or in the spine on a week to week basis, not even the quality of player. Like we all know Tony Staggs is a great player and we know Amone is a good talent as well. And Havili is filling in a hooker you know, being pretty decent for South, but we saw how much better like Lachlan Lamb and Kyle Laybutt were for the Hunters than pretty much all of the hodgepodge halves across the across the weekend, bar obviously the, the Kiwi star pair. And I think that was one of the big takeaways. You just, they were pretty directionless out of the physicality up the middle. They were pretty directionless. And there was a few times that they got to last or towards the end of the set and, you know, one of the one of the occasions Katoni kicked after like three guys passed to him, but it was like he knew he had to get closer, but he ran like infield-ish and then stood in the middle of the field and then they went two passes and then passed them all over to him. And they kicked like 50 metres back from the play the ball and it was a terrible kick. It's like, mate, you can't do that in, in this game. And those are, I think, some of the issues, obviously. And they're not really going to be totally sold for them at the World Cup because it's not like, like teams like Fiji, when we get there, they have some players that will walk into that lineup. Tonga, what maybe Tui Lola here goes in the halves. Yeah. Which I mean is an upgrade. I mean, he's always played well for them in the past. So yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah. And I mean, it also they have to have the balls to if they put him there to actually move Katoni somewhere else. But it's like again, I, I reckon they'll just go with what they have like what they did. Honestly, I don't know if Tui starts for them because I think they'll probably still go with Penasini, Suli, and Stags, and just assume those three are better players than what Tui is. So mm. they haven't got a lot of yeah. options. No, that's but, the problem. That, like, but it was they were disappointing, really. I mean, hard to live up to what they were, but they've come into a spot too that a lot of these guys aren't in the form they were individually when Tonga became a thing. Like Fenor Blake is not the player, not the form he has been the last couple of years. Tamalo is still awesome, obviously, but they should start Alokawatu over Tupanua, by the way. Mm. Absolutely. Um uh the Samoa beat the Cook Islands pretty easily. I have never in my life seen a player take the piss as much as Josh Schuster did in this game. And I loved it. It was amazing. He was just <laughs> jogging the entire time, wasn't he? It was like and playing it- backup footy with like a little brother or cousin or someone who you're like, tw- like just better than and you can just do chip kicks and shit. It's just what he was doing in an international rugby league game. Yeah. The great. kick he put in that, um, was it Taylor May scored off of? Yeah. That was ridiculous. But he just knew his players were faster than yeah. He's like, so yeah, yeah. Look, I'm just gonna kick this. You're gonna outrun that guy, guy, even though he's got yeah. 20 meters on you, and we'll yeah. be fine. That's it. And then he put another great kick in for um, who's I can't remember who's try on the right hand side. It was not for him. One of his tries. Yeah. One of his four. But yeah, he he had a fantastic game, and you know that's that's a funny thing that some Samoa have other holes in their team. But and I know Schuster played in the back row, but he was pretty much the one pulling the strings in this game. But you know, having him, Harris DeVita, Milford, and I know Milford isn't the player, you know, he was, but that that's that was an advantage for them. And you know, I think like I think they're a pretty good chance of beating England at the World Cup, which means they're a good chance of making the quarters. Sorry, the semis, which is which would be interesting. Um, 
I think England English rugby league is it's one of its lows of the last uh, twenty years or my lifetime anyway. And yeah. I do think that there's a chance that the the semis end up being like Australia, Tonga, New Zealand, Samoa. I think that's what I can watch you, out like. Is this just because Brody Croft got mad at the match on the weekend? No, mate. Like I've, I've spoken, I spoke about like, <laughs> like they play that cannot combined nations team and yeah. whatever, but I just it, they haven't really got a lot of. They haven't got better over the last couple of weeks. Like they, mm. they're bringing back the same old dudes. I don't know. It, and having watched more Super League the last couple of years, and Brody Croft's obviously a factor, by the way. Like he's garbage <laughs> and he's just he's braining it there, and he's still the same player. Still the like throws errant passes. Still has that. All he has is a step and go. Uh, but yeah, I just think Samoa are a good chance of being them. The Cookies, uh, yeah, they. I thought they might show up a little because in the past when they've played these games, they've really only had like two or three guys will play first game rugby league. There's more dudes in this side than in the past that, have, that are in and around systems. They were terrible. Hey, they just got pounded from start to finish. Yeah. Like, uh, David you know, Miley scored a try. It was nice. He did. Nice try. Like, you know, they have like him, Pia Kura, and they have like, you know, Anthony Gelling's back over in New Zealand now, but whatever. SR Masters, who he looked like a reserve grade footballer in defense in this game. Um, like a tower. Like they have some first grade footballers, but it looked like they were all reserve graders. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's fine. I mean, they didn't have chance either, which would have helped them a bit, I guess. But yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Alex Glenn should have come out of retirement, get get, get back out there again. But yeah, the, the Samoa team, once you have that, I know that's not a real test, but I'm just interested to see what they'll be like at the World Cup now on the back of that. But yeah, I, I really do think we're a good chance of England not making the semis, which would be great. Yeah. Um, and the Kummels, they did it, the boys. Uh, just, just felt nice to have all my friends cheering on Alex Johnston for once. <laughs> was it begrudgingly? It was kind of begrudgingly. He played well. Yeah, well, I mean, the, it's only two, it was only it was only Fiji, but he played well. I thought the, the true hype, well. hype has yeah. been quelled by Origin, but for about a day there, yeah, he was about to be a million dollar player. It seemed because <laughs> <laughs> every media person who watched that game was googling him, and they all had the wrong information. It was great. Like he just re-signed like last week, so good luck to someone taking him from Penrith, but. Yeah, he he was fantastic for Fiji, but the rest of their spine was absolutely dirt. Uh yeah, they'll get Coruscant back for the World Cup, though you'd think. But yeah, well, that's thing. Like for them, for the World Cup, they could, they have lots of other options. Like they could obviously have Coruscant back. They have Joe Lovadua, who's playing over in England, who could slot into the six or the seven, and also Brandon Wakeham, who was suspended for this game for the eye gouge. So like they can go into the World Cup and have a spine that has you know Taruva at fullback. Uh, Lovadua, Lovadua, uh, Wakeham, and Coruscant, and it's an entirely different team because that's what they struggle with in this game. They like, honestly, they couldn't fucking pass, mate. They couldn't pass. They couldn't get the ball out of the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- it was bizarre. They're then ball like because on paper, right? This team looked way better when we looked at the squads last week, but they yeah. just couldn't move the ball effectively at all. They had way more possession. They made more meters. But they only broke the line once compared to like we said, well, we thought when we got the games that PNG would be really up for it and physically they'd hang around in the middle. And they did do that, but Fiji couldn't get the ball out of the middle. And the couple of times they had okay spreads on that, on their left edge, which obviously they were going to favor with Kikau there, uh, Sivo, Wanga, Blake on that left edge. Kyle Labart just came up and put a shot on. And yeah. they, they couldn't, they couldn't move the ball around though. Like they, there was points to be had for Fiji, but they couldn't get the ball out of the middle of the field. And like, legitimately, I don't know if anyone could pass from left to right who played in that game because they, they couldn't do it. 
Like Kevin Nagam is a part-time half. I've no idea about the the guy Masimo, whatever his name is, who played halfback. I, I wish I had more of a clue, but I don't. Um, but Kevin Nagam couldn't get out of there, and then the hooker as well was terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who that guy was, but he wasn't happy. Coruscant. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, um, I don't know, Lamb I, and Cole Labart just jazzed on him. Like Lamb was yeah. good. Uh, yeah, Kyle Labart. Never really got an NRL. Ch- maybe, maybe put himself in the shop window for a gig somewhere. Yeah, what well, he played for the the Cowboys. Played like one game for the Cowboys, I think. Like, one game, many, season, like yeah. a hand. Yeah. Was it just one? It, was a, it wasn't maybe many. It's I know one. that. Yeah, he'd been around their squad for a number of years. Yeah, yeah it was good yeah, to yeah. see. Um, David Mead obviously get a try on his on his final game, and that I wonder Justin if they, kick was amazing. It was sick. I wonder if they talk him out of retiring for the World Cup. Yeah, I want to know who like who's the young fella you think's worth your spot, mate. Like it's what <laughs> it's it's. it's Olam and AJ are obviously better than you, but it's like, who else yeah. is better than you? But I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm with you there. It's like, there's obviously some other good guys and he wants to get, you know, out of the way for it. So, mate, just, you can be a number on the, in the, in the squad, right? You it's, know, you it's, to... it's, it's, it's very strange, right? Yeah, well, apparently he wasn't going to play this game either until like two Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. Uh, Mackenzie, yay, though. Get him a contract somewhere. Yeah, he was awesome, Mackenzie. Yeah. Ran, like, I mean, that, running downhill every time he got the ball. Sick. That's when they, the game was really won. Hey, when that yeah, PNG he's got that sick came on. Mackenzie, yay, uh, Dilbert, Isaac, and Wayne, when they came, all those guys uh, in the middle. That's what won, won PNG the game. They took it to, like, the feet, the average Fijian forwards. They smashed him. I, I have to believe that somehow an old book of Dilbert comics found its way to Port Moresby, and that's how Dilbert <laughs> Isaac got his name. Like, there's no other explanation, right? That's not. Yeah. It's, that's not. A, it's, it's not a name, right? It's kind of a name. Dilbert. Is it? Uh, Have you ever yeah. met a Dilbert? <laughs> well, of course not. I've met a Ger- <laughs> that's my point. I've, I've met a Gertrude either. Like, come on. Well, <laughs> yeah, no. There's Gertrude Stein. That's a historical name. You can't name me a historical Dilbert either. And there's a, a, a famous person called Dilbert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's, well, exactly. Yeah. That's my point. But uh, yeah, the, in Fiji, uh, Tane Milne was all right in the middle because he's insane, by the way. He was okay. Uh, but that their bench got just steamrolled. And Kamakamithi was a bit underdone. Obviously, he's coming back. And uh, Kikau getting flattened was funny a few times. But yeah, it was really good to see PNG get that win. And no doubt that Port Moresby was on fire, literally and figuratively, that night. Yeah, the, the footage looked great. Um, so good. good on them. Hope they, and the, hope they got a deep run at the... And as you said, one thing about this, the point you said about now I'm glad this is going away. The other thing that it's really, we've really seen with these PNG Hunter guys being ready for these games now is that the difference that having the Hunters in Queensland Cup has made. So thank God we want to kill that as well. That'd be great. National yeah. Reserve grade because like three people will turn up to a game. It'll make what a big it, difference. Let's just not do that, right? Can we just not do that? I mean, if you haven't looked this up, people, by the way, Google Ben Eichen's comments on this. I think I'm becoming a Ben Eichen full-blown stan because obviously... He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy, but there's obviously some bits there. He could have been... Sometimes he said now he could have said it Fox. He always played a bit of bit of the, the level-headed, cowardish man on Fox. He never really went hard at anybody. But you haven't seen his comments. He went fucking hard at Peter Vlandis for this National Reserve grade garbage. And essentially... I'll, I'll read some quotes here. He says... I'm a massive supporter of second-year statewide competitions. In fact, I think New South Wales should be forced to have two affiliates. If you want to develop more talent in more places and create more opportunities, you build more academies. National Reserve Grade is all about trading our development community for entertainment. It's ridiculous. I'm led yeah. to believe the big driver behind National Reserve Grade is to have more content on game day. 
seriously, who is coming to an NRL game that doesn't already come because there's one extra game? He's no fucking one. nailed it. Yeah. The whole thing feels like some sort of nostalgic thought bubble. He's the best. He's really, he's a really smart dude. Yeah. And then other things you said as well, which is the other part that's true. He said second tier comps and clubs and competitions are a low cost way to get quality rugby league in more places. All reserve grade does is drag development programs back underneath NRL clubs. The affiliate model forces NRL clubs to get outside their organization and collaborate with more coaches, players, and administrators. You know, it's the same thing. And, and it's also spoken about how there's all through Queensland, there's development centers, as, which is true. There's teams everywhere all through Queensland, through Queensland Cup. There's system, professional systems in place because of that. And you want to replace that because what? We want an extra game on game day and push that down level for what reason? I don't know, mate. I re- I just don't understand any of yeah. it. it. Again, it's 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 like the same people mm-hmm. who go, "Oh, we should make Tonga tier one," just because it sounds good. It Which sounds is also like the stupidest a good idea. idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it sounds impressive. It sounds like a good idea. Our oh, Tonga are good. Let's make them tier one mm-hmm. without factoring any of the ramifications behind that. This is the exact same thing. Oh, well, we'd love to have a national reserve grade. We'd have two. We'd, it, it makes us look more professional. All this shit. It doesn't. It makes everything worse. Well, the weird thing about the National Reserve Grade thing, Bungard, is that it keeps being spoken about, but it's one of those things that no one in the NRL has put their name Who's on. Who's asking for this? But it's also no one, like, you haven't had, if, the last few months, you haven't had someone championing it from the NRL. Someone is obviously talking about it because they're talking to clubs about it, but if Peter Volandis hasn't put his name to it, you know, recently, Graham Annesley hasn't, Andrew Abdo hasn't. He said, I don't know who's asking for it. It's just weird all three grades. Stupid thinking that won't bring a single extra person to a game. In fact, it was Tom, as you said, but it's not thought about further than that. Same thing with the tier one thing. And if people understand the difference between tier one and tier two, because I think we had some people mention they didn't actually understand that difference. But essentially, if Tonga are a tier one nation, they won't get players who play Origin can't play for them. It's all the main main thing. But also, yes, it, that's the main thing. A tier one nation, you can't change. Okay, so if you're tier one nation, now this was different in the past when Tony Carroll played for both teams. And, and but tier one nation you can't change, and your tier two nation you can change between World Cups, and that's why we've seen some. We've had occasions where players have played for different tier two nations. You can't do that if you're tier one. If Tonga go to tier one, the whole if they were none of them, what happened would happen. Like mm. Tamalo couldn't have just gone there and took the Kiwi fellas with him. Yeah, it would. We wouldn't. We would. The, the international game would be worse off right now if. That had yeah. already happened five years ago. And, and the good thing is that the guys at the IRL, some of the things I've said recently, not great, but good thing, they, they're like the same thing. Like, this is stupid. They're like, we want all of the good players we can get at the World Cup. Why would we get rid of that? You know, we want like as many good players. But the other part it's forgetting is that T1 nation status is generally given to the countries that actually develop rugby league players. And whilst all these guys that play for Tonga are Tongan, most of them grew up in Australia or New Zealand, right? They're, most of them yeah. are born here, raised here in the systems here, and then play for Tonga. Countries like France and PNG are closer to being tier one nations than Tonga are. I, I don't understand how people can't wrap their head around what is, to me, a very simple concept. It's like, if you're, for example, you're Keon Kolomitangi. You grew up in Sydney you played for mascot jets, like you, you, whatever you want to play for the blues, but you also honor your Tongan heritage. You want to play for both New South Wales and Tonga. It's not a mm-hmm. difficult concept to me. Someone can feel an affinity towards the blues or the Maroons without feeling an affinity towards the national team. You know who did that? The millions of fucking people who watch state of origin, but don't give a shit about the kangaroos at the end. Yeah, of the no. year. Like I don't, I have no idea why this is so difficult for people to get their heads around. And I have no idea why anyone would have a problem with it. 
Well, they have their own, they only have their own experience, Bungard, and people really struggle with empathy or even understanding other people's experiences anyway. But it's like these people don't understand. As you said, the cultural differences, like, yes, those Tongan fellas or Samoan fellas, a lot of them grew up in Western Sydney, right? But it's kind of like, you know, we've all had friends at school. Like, if, if you, okay, if you're a, a half Chinese kid or a Chinese kid and you were born here, yeah. And where you went to school, would people treat you like an Australian or like a Chinese kid? Yeah, great point. Like, that's it, what it is. It's like those guys, it's, sometimes you feel more Australian when you're not in Australia, for example. Those guys not being in Samoa or Tonga probably feel more Samoan and Tongan growing up in Australia because they're reminded every day that they're Samoan from Samoa or Tongan or they're Islander. They have to go and do different, they, they have different traditions. They, everything they do is different. Their parents are from somewhere else. Their parents, some of them honestly can't read or write. Some of them haven't got bank accounts. Like this is, these are facts. Honestly, I'm not being racist or anything. These are cold hard facts that some guys get to the NRL and they're the first person in their bank family to have a bank account. Yep. You know, you don't know their fucking experience. No. And just because they did that and then they went and then, yeah, they watched Origin because everyone in Australia watches Origin. But all those guys grew up, and I, and I had the feeling, like, you probably know the same thing. When you go overseas, you feel Australian. Oh, yeah. You don't feel I'm Australian. Never, Australian. I'm never more Australian than when I'm overseas. Yeah. And if you people move to other countries, you define, like, Anna's never more Russian than living here, mate. You yep. know, every day she's reminded she's from somewhere else. So, you know, for, if, for example, we have a kid when we're younger and Russian rugby league grows, you know, and if a kid, if, whatever, wants to play Origin and play for Russia, it would make a lot of fucking sense because they would have spent their whole life being reminded that like, they know their mum's Russian. You know? And that's these Islander guys, it's even they have big communities. They are, they, you know, it's true though. They, they're in separate social groups in high schools lots of the time. They're treated like they're outsiders a lot of the time. So, of course, they're going to want to represent where they're from. Even though they're from Western Sydney, yeah, you know how they do that. They represent Western Sydney and New South Wales, and they represent where I they're mean, fucking from the, internationally. The, these are groups of people who, literally, the first time they ever had any representation on our TV screens was Chris Lilly. Like, yeah, yeah, and it was racist. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, but like that was it. That was the first real like thing that I can think of that really showcased any sort of Polynesian like Polynesian people. Like but, as, and, as main characters yeah. in a TV show, but if you make them a tier t- Tonga a tier one nation, mm. you make you you make guys who as well you mentioned there first guy has a bank out in his family in his family right, yeah. Well, a lot of them provide for like fifteen people, a lot of these footy players or ten people. Uh, you make them choose between if they're good enough for Origin, a hundred grand a year or nothing. It's a tough call, you know, and. And that's a choice they shouldn't have to make. And yes, there's also maybe we should pay more for international football, whatever, whatever. But I'm I like it if they that's what they should be tier two. And if they go to tier one, it'd fucking ruin what's happening right now. Yeah. And, and, and I obviously they'll go play for Samoa. Do you know the guys who are half and half who are Tongan and Samoa? Or they go yeah. play for Samoa next? We make Samoa tier one. Do they suck? Yeah. Like, and I obviously like I don't think that like Sam Burgess should have been allowed to play State of Origin. No one's suggesting that. But like, mm-hmm. there are guys who grow like either born here or grow up here from a young age, who are enamored with State of Origin and also have their own culture. It shouldn't be controversial yep. that we would allow guys to do both. And I'm glad that we yeah. currently do, and I hope that we continue to do. I mean, people acting serious at Origin LGBT rules of uh, children anyway. Like they they're made up. They don't matter, and they're they're more the greatest Origin, Origin. The great. I mean, fucking. 
look, I know it's been done to death, but the fucking greatest origin player of all time, Greg Inglis, was not born in the state that he played for. Yeah, but we everyone takes him really seriously, but it's like origin eligibility rules are like harder than changing countries at the Olympics. You know, it's like they're like the hardest eligibility rules in like the world of sport. You know, you've got to be, you've got to tick these six boxes or whatever, but you can change countries in every sport pretty much at some point. You know, but here it's like, you have to be in by this date. And if you're not, it doesn't count, whatever. I'm, I'm of the opinion with origin, you represent whatever state. Like you have to have obviously spent some fucking time there. But I think you could, my opinion is you can choose. And then, yeah, you can represent whatever nation as, as they currently are. I don't know where I sit with the Kiwis. Yeah. Because of their status. And also because I don't really want, like state of origin is good. But I, if we, I think we'll feel let the Kiwis and the Pommies play, as you said, it really cements that we treat state of origin as the pinnacle of the game. That like, it's, a, it's like the best from any nation can play it. So I don't yeah. Like that one. Yeah. I can see that part of it too. I don't know. But like, mm. yeah, I don't know. Just the, it should be. I would like things to stay the way they are in terms of eligibility. I think it works. But it was a cracking day of rugby league. And like every time, man, like, I tell you what, if they had Fiji, Fiji and hymns when I, when I was forced to go to church as a kid, I might be religious. Maybe. They just, they just, like, they're, Jesus they're very Christ. nice to listen to. Yeah. And one thing I will say before, we'll probably move on to the women's game in a moment, but the, the internationals there is um, obviously they want more. I don't want less. But I think rugby league actually is probably right not to go as big as other sports have with internationals. I think we probably had a good space if we play Tonga like three times a year. Just the more I thought about it over the weekend, it's like you can't capture the energy of what we feel around a Tonga, PNG, Fiji game, whatever, if they play 50, 10 times a year or, you know, like if they play as much as Union do. You know, because we, I've seen those games. The war dances don't mean as much before that. You don't see, like, you know, Kevin Nagama cries if he plays for Fiji. I don't think you cry if he plays for Fiji if you play 120 tests. You know? No, you probably wouldn't. You're right. So, so I think we probably need. I want a little bit more internationals, little but bit. Uh, I think. Oh yeah, I I don't think we need to go full blown like full like, you know, two like full blown test series is every year. If you get me, I think there's a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, the women's game I thought was another fantastic game. I will say, this I said I was on the radio on Monday morning talking about the origins, and I said this, and the guy agreed, which was nice. But this was the first time really that i can remember that we've watched a women's origin and we didn't get pretty much any of that sort of patronizing shit afterwards yep. about yeah, what got a, a, bit, what a, not a lot a little bit but not mm. much like and most of the discourse of this game was just that was a great game yeah and it and, was and th- yeah that's it stop tra- trading women's sport with mittens you know it's it's real sport professional sport trade it like you would the other ones and this was a cracking game in its own right it has nothing fucking to do with the men and it's not all, oh, get him out. Oh, she can play on Sunday. Yeah. Not much of that. And then not much, oh, it's just 10 times better than the men's game. Why? You can enjoy yeah, more, but it like, doesn't just help anyone. It Do you think Serena but... Williams would beat Rafael Nadal, Mitchell? Oh, mate. <laughs> six love, oh, six love. Yeah, yeah Nadal wouldn't Obviously. get a shot in. But anyway, no, this game was, was, was a cracker again. I thought the Blues would be in, as I said beforehand. Uh, to be fair to Queensland, they kept it closer than I expected us to. But uh, yeah, like, Isabel Kelly, we've spoken about a few times this year. She seems one of the ones that first generation seems to still get better every year. You know, she's 25 now and she's an absolute goddamn unit and was damaging every time she carried the balls, sealed the game at the end. But yeah, she I thought Blues, like Mindy Boyle and then Caitlin Johnston, who Caitlin Johnston became a uh, like a bit of a cult hero pretty quickly. If anyone yeah. likes, 
we like big fellas now we like big women as well uh, she, yep. she was fantastic up the middle and like it got, came down to the wire as a, a lot of good games do somehow and Queensland like the Blues had a, a knock on a knock on try taken off them with a, a clear forward pass and then Ali Brigginshaw did her best thing of like the entire game with a giant bomb and then it made it didn't make any sense when I saw the replay I'm like why like how was there so many Queenslanders there and no Blues there and they gave it. Then we saw the replay. It's like, oh, oh they were like 15 geez, metres three, offside. Yes, very far <laughs> offside. I did. Then, yeah, like, they, like, Clee sealed it. The, the forward pass thing was hilarious because people were blowing up. But it's, it's, it's one of those rare occasions where people are getting mad about the right decision being made. Yeah. It's like, oh, but you can't rule on it. It's like, okay, but do you think it was a try? No, but you can't no. rule on it. It's like, so you agree that it wasn't a try. Great. Good. So let's just fucking move on. Let's not waste time yeah. crying about the fact that they ruled it a knock-on instead of a forward pass because that try should have been 100% disallowed. Yeah, there was another time it happened. Um, I can't remember another game It's happened before, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so like, I'm 100% behind it, mate. I want the rule of forward passes anyway, but so, yeah, that it was a weird weird discourse around that. It, it was it was good, though, but uh, I thought also, I thought Emma Tonegata was actually the best on field, though. I thought she was unlucky not to get it. Yeah, she was awesome. Her, Dib, and Kelly were my best three for the Blues. I thought. Yeah, Dib, Dib's a bizarre. We've spoken to her many times before, but she's bizarre mm. because like she was dropped last year. Yeah, but she also didn't have an NRLW club until like a week before the tournament this year. But every time I've seen her play, well, she dro- actually dropped for two years for the Blues. Sorry. Yeah. Every time I've seen her play, she's yeah, been like the, at least in the top two halves on the field, right? She looks like the one you know who's improving as well, and you know she's young as well, but. I thought her and, and Taryn Aiken were the best halves in the field. And uh, I know it wouldn't happen if Australia played, but if Australia played in the year, I'd like to see, well, when they do play the World Cup, I'd like to see those two in the halves somehow. Probably be Ali and Aiken, but I thought, yeah, Dib was awesome. Yeah, uh, cracking game. Uh, they're going to two next year, which everyone kind of agrees is stupid. Just do three. Just do three. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to two. And, How uh, many? Like, remember when the Bledisloe Cup used to be two and every year we just like draw and lose it because they won it like five years ago? Yeah, I'm probably we, exaggerating how many times that happened because how many times we actually won a game. But every yeah. every, every few yeah. years we won one. It, we, it feels like it that happened several times when it I did. was a kid. So I'm not going to fact check exactly how many, but like, yeah, uh, two. When you Google best of, stream actually put union in it. Don't put oh that. God, in I'll there. be getting ads for RM <laughs> Williams's. We've already got a guy for those. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look at the yeah, yeah. Split the series, split the series. Yeah, there's a bunch of split series in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was like, I don't know why they, they had three in 1997 and 98. Then they went back to two again. They like, like a shitload of international union as well. They had like, a, you know, and they just didn't want to add one more of those. Bizarre that you wouldn't want three of the best thing about your sport instead of two. But yeah. literally, we're doing that right now with the women's game. So good stuff. Yeah, it's it's funny. There have been no patience in adding more and more NLW teams, but more and more yeah. women's origin games. Whoa, it's just know. really important to me that they don't get paid as much money as the men, though. Well, the men, the women are for Queensland. That's a weird thing about that's, it. Hey, that, well, yeah, I know. That's what I started know. that stupid fucking argument last year. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it was a really it was a really good game, and I, I like that it has its own standalone time. Somehow we want to turn people want to turn NRLW reserve grade and NRL into like a match day, which is just the worst idea ever. Because no, well, no one would watch. Like, no one would watch if, those other. If you said to me, would you like to go to Leichhardt Oval and watch the NRLW on whatever day? I would say, yes, that sounds lovely. Let's do that. If you said to me, would you like to go watch the NRLW? Then we have to sit in a mostly empty ANZ stadium for an hour. And then the first grade starts. I would say, nah, let's just watch it at the pub and then go to the men's game afterwards. But I used to do that stuff, right? As a Broncos fan, 
when Broncos played on Fridays, right, and it was at the same time as the other Bron- the other game it was on, I'd go early and we'd watch the twenties because there was nothing fucking else on anyway. But what those what would happen if we did that now is that the well, yeah, you're not op- going to sacrifice if you if you're the eight. It's another Friday NRL game. games on, yeah. Unless you're the three p.m. Saturday game, you're not doing that. But also, if you think about Saturday, it means that the early kickoff is like midday, and yeah. the other and the reserve grade is like ten a. It's like nine or ten a.m. You have to be there. It's like what? Like I'm just, just imagining the that. absolute battlers who are getting there at ten a.m. to watch the New South Wales Cup before a three yeah. p.m. NRL game. I mean, yeah, good on them. Good on them, I guess. But fuck, like, yeah, yeah, you, you can't even. Yeah, oh, Broncos play at eight. Oh, the women play. The women are playing at six before them. But uh, there's also another NRL game on. So most I'm watching like, that. a lot of people would just sit at the pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible idea. Don't do it. Just keep it as its own thing. It's great. It's it's grown organically. And honestly, it's grown in spite of a lot of people in charge trying to ruin it. Uh, yep. I think we've done a great job of supporting supporting the competition. I don't think we get a whole lot of the sort of negative comments that I've seen from like AFL men detracting the women's game or even male soccer fans who detract the women's game a lot. I don't think we get anywhere near as much of that stuff, which is nice. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm just not seeing it. I could be wrong, but mm. uh, yeah, let's just keep it how it is in my opinion. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, all right. Um, uh, I'm not, I don't, we don't need to dive into the 19s games too much, no. but uh, uh, Jada Taylor scored one of the coolest tries ever. Shades of James Roberts in 2010. She was smiling like 40 minutes out. That was, was great. great. Did we talk about this already? I don't know. It feels like how we do I have. feel like we talked about this, but Maybe how we could did. that possibly have happened? No, we did record on Friday. Oh, because we did question time did. on Friday yeah, we morning. We talk about the, yeah, we, okay, we mentioned good. the 19s games. So it's good. We That's right. Because I'm like, we definitely had this conversation. All right, yeah, we cool. did. Uh, news stuff then uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Trolls back. Yeah, Trolls back. Adam Reynolds is playing with a fractured rib. Uh, what else? We, oh, we have um, Lockley Lee has kept his job. No one cared about that anymore. Luke Brooks is the <laughs> Tigers. We're oh, Tigers so- again, mate. He's only backing because it got out to the media, hey. And then it looks Maybe. like with the team they've named, it looks like he might play hooker at some point because Farmer New Brown's at nine and the 14's Adam Dewey and there's no other hooker on the bench. So it looks like Dewey might come on and Brooks might play hooker. We can only hope so. Yeah. And uh, and James Roberts is back there as well. Fafita's back, which is uh, big news for Origin, obviously. It's all, it's all really for the Titans, all that matters at this point is, it, <laughs> is Origin, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. Oh, but the other big news with the Tigers, I cannot believe they put out a rejection statement. That it, this would be like, this is like going on social media and posting that you didn't get any matches on Tinder. <laughs> what Every the day. fuck are they doing? Fellas, just reporting that uh, our ideal uh, Tinder candidate, she didn't yep. swipe right. Uh, uh, fellas, was... uh, club statement. Fuck it, man. She was a bitch anyway. Exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, they are... and then it seems like, oh, we just have to keep Kamali now, I guess. It feels like that's yeah. what yeah. might happen. Well, I mean, that's, that's, so I was listening to James Graham talk about that on the weekend. He raised, he raised oh. a good point, which is that whoever they get now is going to know that they were second choice because they were so public about this, which again, no one is asking you to be so public about this. Uh, there's some good, there's still some good, like Christian Wolf's turned the Warriors down. Like he's still on the table. Like John Morris. Oh, no, I, think, I, think, I think Christian Wolf is it, doing the Dolphins path. I reckon he'll be Dolphins yeah. next year and take over from Wayne. Yeah. And like, I think that we can see, we can, if you read the tea leaves, Wayne helped Tonga this week. Wolf is the Tonga coach. 
Wayne he turned Wolf down the Warriors. Worked, yeah. Wayne has sorry, Wolf has worked for Wayne in the past. I think that's what we might see. Yeah. I um yeah, I agree with that. Um Tigers, I think the John Tigers, Morris. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like John Morris, assistant at South at the moment. They've got the whole former great, which a lot of it seems to be really important to some clubs for whatever reason. Um, why would they? Why would they sign Brett Kamali though? They've looked just as bad as they did look. They haven't looked any better. They lost they to the Bulldogs by twenty four points. And then what? If they resign, if they extend him now, they just lose the next ten games. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like the, there's no yeah. reason to that. John Morris like, was Big okay. Potter, who they fired is doing a good job. Yeah, so, like John Morris looked great. okay at the Sharks, has relationships mm-hmm. there, so maybe he's the candidate. And I don't think he, that's the worst candidate ever, but if they get Brett Kamali in there, like they re-sign him, terrible. And the Serrano stuff the- is bizarre. Like, I think they talked. I think they helped him make that decision with how public they made it. Yeah, I mean, they had their CEO texting podcasts during the week. They had like they they just constant leaks out of that place. Um, uh, it's obviously we have a lot of Tigers fans who listen to the show, and I, I like the Tigers. I was there when they won the comp in two thousand five. I've always they've always been one of the teams that that I have a soft spot for. But it just just pains me to see just what a ridiculous club they've become in the last few years. Yeah, I think um, I remember this, and he's not as well sharp as him. But I remember in the Fafita negotiations with the Broncos and Titans, I think something that helped him that, that they they quoted him that helped him move on to choose the Titans is that he started realizing everything he said to the Broncos ended up in the media, and nothing he said to the Titans was getting into the media. Like the Titans were obviously saying their offers, but it, lots of things that was being said in those meetings was getting into the media. And I think a bit of this stuff, if you're Serraldo, you, as you said. I'm, you, the timing hasn't been great, but you watch the Tigers the last couple of weeks, like, fuck, can these guns keep anything private? And it's been forever. And as you know, even though all the leaks aren't always true, as you said, Bungard, there is still somebody who works at those clubs telling someone at the media these wrong leaks. Like, it's not yeah. coincidence that when James Hooper and shit go on TV and they're like, oh, I've got this news from the Tigers. They didn't just pull it out of their ass. People like to think they did, but there was no reason to just make up Luke Wilson got dropped. They've got heaps of shit they can make up. Heats of ways they can room to make rumors up. That stuff somebody told them. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's it's not good. It doesn't help. And then yeah, as you said, the the this the chairman sending those texts. I think if I was going for a gig like him and I was he's and he knows he's a highly desired candidate, I would have withdrawn on those texts alone. I am working I'm not working for this clown, you know? And I don't know what he's doing now because he's turned them down and he hasn't really, the, well, you see, the thing is about the Bulldogs one is that Gus has denied even talking to a person about anything. So yeah, which uh, is how you want to play it, right? Yeah, that's it. So he hasn't turned them down yet. What are you and talking about? Does, we haven't sacked that coach. <laughs> yeah, like, he quit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and then who knows if he does, that he might end up, the, the Cleary Health thing might be a bit legit, but he might hang yeah. around a bit longer than he was going to. As always with the Tigers, the timing couldn't have been worse. This has all happened to them now. But if you sacked Sheen, sorry, if you sacked Magic, obviously when you're fucking supposed to, when nothing's happening, you can have a nice clean negotiation with Serrano. Maybe you had him, you fucking idiots. They are not <laughs> like, a clever bunch. Yeah. But, so they won't <laughs> I think get, that's fair they, to say. They really did put a lot of all their eggs in that basket, though. Hey, they yeah. offered him five year deal. Five year deal. And then they were like, fuck. Which ultimatum. again, why are you leaking that? Why do we know that you go giving him a five-year deal and an ultimatum, <laughs> which famously always works? We we got all these things, and then I the statement I couldn't believe it was real. It when happened. some yeah no, I legit 
when someone messaged us and was like, the Tigers have put out a statement saying they have hurt feelings. I was like, no, they haven't. No, they but haven't. They have. They have. And yeah, so have, maybe they'll get John Morris. Hopefully not Brett Kamali. But Seraldo, the the legend continues. Well, uh, maybe one day he will head coach. He almost shouldn't at this point because it can't really work out. Like He's the backup really... quarterback. Yeah, it <laughs> can't great. work out for you, can it? You know? It can't. There's, there's this been two or three years now of like, overwhelming expectations on this guy that it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter how good he does he's not going to do as well as people expect he's Andre Villas-Boas from he's fucking the next Jose Mourinho like everyone, AVB forever and then he was the manager and we're like oh I guess he's okay <laughs> yeah but we've been told Serraldo is special and it's been a long time now uh yeah I mean we're going to find out at some point but uh yeah that's good. And then yeah, him, I don't know where the rest of the coach is. How are you feeling about how are you feeling about Reynolds and his ribs? Like, what I understand is that like we all know he played injured at South through injury for years. You know, it's what you used to always say the same thing. He was he got injured and then we'd find he'd go, Oh, he's out for eight weeks and he'd play three weeks later. <laughs> he's the best. That's great. Same thing. Brisbane should shut the fuck up. Don't like they've just told like well, Pete Bedell, but they've someone's told Pete Bedell that he has fractured ribs and they told everyone. Shut the fuck up. And I'm not going to reveal any of the people now, but I've got a, got a bit of an example that popped in my head just now. We're talking about this, but you know, people and I work with clubs and whatever. And there, at one club, someone had auto, accidentally CC'd me instead of someone at that club called Mitch, and it was the club's entire injury report. Hmm. And anyway, the guy got blasted, obviously, and probably deleted me from his autofill. He sent me a few emails by accident, but anyway, I opened the injury report, whatever, and then it was absolutely nothing like what they publicly said. Like one, a dude was playing with a broken bone that we never, like this player, and we never found out about it. Never came out. But that's because, yeah, if they're playing through it and they'll, put, they'll say someone's injured, they don't, you're not supposed to get that. They don't get the information. They don't have to give it away in the NRL, right? So they don't give it away. So I don't know why Brisbane are letting it be known he has fractured ribs. That'd be great for a guy who takes on a line and gets hit late by other forwards. It'd be, it'd be fine. No one will, no one will target that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's great. But yeah, and until, and you know, obviously fans, we want more information. We do, but if he's going to play, I don't give a fuck. When they're mm. out, you want to know when they'll be back. When they're back, I don't give a fuck. I don't need to know if he's, if he's ribs are still fractured or not. Don't tell me. Yep. Yeah. I agree. But I'm, I'm not, oh, again, I'm not worried. But he's, as you know, it's just like with the um, anything uh, South halfback or Adam Reynolds right right now, it, it becomes news. It just will be for like the rest of this year. Mm. Yep. All right. Uh, any uh, Pappenhausen's back? That's cool. Good on him. Uh, anything else? No. 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 You good? I think, so. I, think so. I think we're good. Okay. Excellent. All right. Before we get out of here, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies if you want to support us. Uh, and a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers. They are Bronco from Birth, Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Cam Berswick, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Jace Felix Farnworth, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey, Gooch, Josh Brandon, Josh Tomo 98, Lachlan Haircott, Lee Verhul, Leon, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Natty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I'm sad, never trendy, party keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneiderfield, Scores, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Stoned Gossard, Swarzy, Ty TV, The Black Vegetable, The Not So Mature Student, Thor Laycock, 
Tom Hardy and Woz. Thank you so much for your support. Everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Uh, get your 06 vibes, hoodies, wherever. Uh, well, they're still, not up. they're still not working. I don't know what's going oh. on there. Oh, okay. Don't then. Speaking of good timing. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. It's not working. That's why I haven't mentioned it again earlier or published ah, okay. it anyone. Well, ah, it is back up as I speak back here. Up. So there yep, you go. go RugbyLeagueMerch.com. Click shop by brand and there we are. Or you can go RugbyLeagueMerch.com forward slash collections forward slash boom dash rookies. Mm. Uh, 6% off with the code 06 vibes. Uh, for Patreons, I'll send the code out. It's on Discord, but I'll send it out via Patreon now. Now they're up. But It'll be a big over, whack off. I, yep, I've got, I've ordered, I think I've ordered five. Okay. <laughs> so like, you know, one for me you a few others and then yeah. some other Broncos fans have ordered them already so fantastic that's awesome and At again if I'm you have any shirt ideas money. you want us to make let us know okay so, we will be back with questions later in the week thank you for listening say goodbye Mitchell goodbye Mitchell and it's goodbye from me <laughs> <laughs>